Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York. Hello and welcome to the Depth Chart Podcast presented by Port Royal Plants, a Kentucky proud product that is grown, processed, and manufactured in Kentucky. Because your mind and body deserve quality products you can trust, visit portroyalplants.com to learn more and try out their products. Today's podcast is also brought to you by KLW Handmade Belts. KLW Belts are handmade here in the bluegrass. Take advantage of free shipping on all web orders. All belts are genuine leather, no synthetics, padding, or backing, just solid leather. Give them a call at 859-509-7816 or head to klwbelts.com. Freddie, Kentucky got back to their winning ways last night. Uh, What were your initial thoughts on the game? Wow. Um... Whatever Brad White's salary is, Jay, they just need to start adding some numbers this morning. Uh, Jay yeah. Dorch, uh, starting outside linebacker, teammate of mine, does a great job on this podcast. Jay, I thought the defense for four quarters was tremendous. Uh, tackled extremely well. Great plan. Just didn't sit back. You know, some teams attack this Mississippi State offense by dropping eight and, and just keeping everything in front of them. Brad White got after Will Rogers. Only sacked him one time, but – but uh, I, I like the way that the rushers stayed in their lanes, didn't allow leakage. But I'm going to read you a couple numbers, Jay, and, and you, you tell me what you think about this. Kentucky held Mississippi State to 236 fewer total yards per game than they were averaging. Held them to 152 fewer passing yards that they were averaging per game and 85 fewer rush yards. So... 
Brad White and that defense got it done. And, and, and for four quarters, they tackled well. Uh, I really liked how DeAndre Square kind of quarterbacked that defense. Uh, they kept everything in front of them, but they did uh, uh, show some some blitz packages that, that was new. Carrington Valentine, Valentine gets a sack, a corner, tackle for loss, six tackles, and a quarterback sack. I thought it was a complete game by that defense, Jay, and did everything right to shut down. You know, this Mississippi State offense, you know, blistered Texas A&M and Arkansas with, with over 500 yards. Average winning those two their last two games by 20 points over those two SEC West opponents. And then Kentucky comes in and pretty much shuts out this Mike Leach, Leach offense, hold them to 22 rush yards, averaging 107 per game. Just a complete dominant performance by that Kentucky defense, Jay. It was uh, it was amazing uh, to watch, and what a great game plan. You know, if you look at last year's game, our linebackers lined up probably two yards deeper than they did this this year's this year's game, um, and really Brad White. Uh, kind of did a controlled aggression against them. Yeah. Uh, our defensive line, uh, you know, whether it was three or four, got pressure. It's not yeah. going to show up on the stat sheet, but they they closed the pocket down. The other thing they did great was they uh, they got their hands up. Yes, they did. You know, so they got their hands up, and uh, let me turn this off. Sorry about that. Um, but they got their hands up and knocked down some balls. Yeah. Um, and stayed in their lanes, kept them in the pocket. You know, last year, Will Rogers got out uh, for a few yards off yeah. of his feet. And then I think last year they had over 100 yards or close to 100 yards rushing their running backs. But, gosh, the tackling was just Fantastic. textbook. Yeah. Um, you know, if we do that last week, we win last week. Oh, yeah. We, yeah. You know, I mean, I, I just – that was one of the best game plans and executed better than I've seen it in yeah. a long, long time. Yeah, one of my keys to the game, Jay, defensively, was uh, smart pass rush lanes. That doesn't necessarily mean get sacks. That means for the, the you know, I saw Kentucky play with one defensive lineman with his hand in the dirt, three, four, I mean, mixed it up. But stay in those lanes. That way, if you're not going to get home, and Mississippi State gets rid of the football so quickly, you're not going to get a lot of sacks against this team. But if you don't get to the quarterback, get your hands up. I thought the defensive line played their best game of the – uh, of the season, and just that total defense was dominant. Held Mississippi State to uh, 27% on third down, Jay, 50% on, on on fourth down. So, I mean, just uh, I was worried about uh, uh, Johnson and Marks, those two running backs for Mississippi State. I thought makes that offense go. 95 uh, total yards for those two. McLean and – uh, C Rod, 275. So Dylan Johnson, Jaquavius Marks, 95 uh, combined yards. Sorry about that. C Rod, McLean, 275. Uh, I think that was the ball game. Going to the other side offensively, 27 17 is a, is a, is a good win. Uh, but if you take away those penalties in the first half, I think we could easily be talking about a 47 to 17 win. Kentucky uh, just was out of sync offensively in the first half. Uh, just, uh, I mean, pen, what, 10 penalties, pre-snap penalties, had a punt return call, a touchdown call back for a penalty. 
the first half was had to be described offensively and in special teams as sloppy, as underwhelming, and then come out in the second half and uh, and I thought played really well. I thought we saw some maturation. I thought we 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 witnessed that offensive line come together. I owe DeAndre Buford an apology in the pregame show. I said that if Flax is out, I didn't think Kentucky could win the football game. DeAndre Buford played, and he but he he battled early, got got beat on one on one. But I thought he played better. But Jay, the reason that offensive line played better, in my opinion, you saw a lot of thirteen personnel. They were a lot of heavy formations, personnel groups, a lot of tight ends. Kentucky takes away that apparent weakness at tackle uh, once you get down in a depth chart and supplants that with multiple tight ends, and that's where Kentucky was getting a lot of the run game. I thought the intern- the inside uh, uh, of, of the offensive line played well. I thought Cox played extremely well. Uh, Jagger Burke got hurt, played well. Tayshawn Manning played much better than he did last week. So when it came to it and Kentucky's backs were against the wall, the Cats went back to old school Mark Stoops' victory. We're going to control the football for nearly 40 minutes of the game. We're going to play great defense, and we're going to score touchdowns in the red zone. And that's what Kentucky did. Rushed for 239 yards. That's basically – you know, we've seen seasons where that's the average. And now, uh, you know, Kentucky wasn't even averaging 100 yards a game. Come in, runs for 239. C-Rod, 197 off 31 carries. I thought he was brilliant. I thought he ran with purpose. I thought he ran angry. And uh, it, this this is a total different team when 24 and 7 are healthy and both are on the field. Jay, I thought it was just, uh, you know, they can make up for deficiencies on a developing offensive line with those two superstar players. Yeah, and what a great game plan by Scangarello to bring in the heavy personnel. Um, yeah. To, to get to give C Rod, you know, to give the offensive line a little bit of help. Uh, you know, as you pointed out, I mean, the offensive line is a lot better with seven and twenty-four in the backfield. Yeah. Um, but you know what? I, I got to give the offensive line credit. They they opened up holes. Uh, C-Rod sometimes wasn't getting hit till he got, to, you know, two yards, three yards downfield. Obviously, he's a game changer just the way he runs the ball and how – I mean, his, his balance is unbelievable and his strength is unreal. But but it his ability to plant a foot and go north-south uh, is also incredible. He's patient. He lets the, he lets the blocks get set up. Um, but, man, give, give the whole offensive line and tight ends and, and also the – wide receivers blocking downfield. I mean, everybody was just trying to get after it and, and doing the best they can. And they made a difference. I mean, they all came together. Obviously, Will's a great leader. Uh, C-Rod is a good, quiet leader. He's not really that rah-rah guy. But, um, you know, going back to the defense for a second, it's the first time I've seen Will Rogers uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, and really, you know, even when we rushed three, which, you know, second half we started rushing three because, you know, we had a 10-point lead and, maybe playing a little bit more conservative and, and we were tackling so well uh, that we allowed him to do that. But even when we rushed three, um, we made him uncomfortable and he was just inaccurate, which was not normal for him. He's yeah. usually that guy just picks you apart. Um, but, you know, I do, the, the penalties are just something that I, I, I can't <laughs> figure out because yeah. it is just unstoops like team to do that. I mean, we just don't, 
shoot ourselves in the foot. And I mean, I think it was first quarter we had eight penalties. Yeah. And it's just yeah. somehow they got to clean that up. I'm not sure what they have to do to do that. You know, maybe last week you could say that Kai is, uh, you know, his cadence was different than Will's and they weren't used to it. But even then, I mean, you're you're playing at a high level in the best conference in the country. You know, you got to be more disciplined than that. Yeah. And, and speaking of Will Levis, I mean, to me and Jay, you'll understand this. And, and, and the, the older folks will understand this. Will Levis is entering the Bill Ransdale toughness level uh, at quarterback. I think Bill Ransdale is the toughest quarterback to ever play at Kentucky. I mean, you know, the stories about him having stitches in his chin without numbing them, broken jaw, punctured lung. Broken ribs. Broken ribs. And the running back, Stephen, the running backs had to call the cadence because he had a, a collapsed lung and a broken ribs and a broken jaw. He stayed in the game and beat Clemson like that. So we're talking about a, a true Iron Man in Bill Ransdale. But Levis, you know, he, he takes a shot. It worried me. I thought he'd broken his collarbone. Uh, I had a similar injury than that that it kind of scared me. He comes back out and uh, kind of laughs at it at the, at the end of the game, said, you know, listen, I got the, the, the shot and it's my, it's my, it's my non-throwing shoulder. Who cares? I mean, I, this kid's toughness comes out, completes 74% of his passes. Jay, he was perfect on third down. I mean, that's 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 you know, I, I can't. I think seventeen NFL scouts were there. You know, they're seeing a, a kid get knocked out of the game, come back, be perfect on third down, complete seventy four percent of his passes, throw the uh, pick six, which the offense took steps, the offense took strides, and I think I, I have to give Scangarello credit there. But that play call, Jay. Fourth and two, uh, third screen in that series with 24 <laughs> third, well, back third there. Row, right? Yeah, third in a row with 24 back there. Uh, I'm, I'm thinking he might want that one back. Yeah, you know, and that, I mean, that DB, he's, he's, he's good, stud, man. I think yeah. that's second, second pick six of the year. Maybe yeah, he's a first rounder. Reception. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he, he's, he's legit and he knew it. He jumped it, he saw it from the start. He watched, I can't remember if it was Magwood or who it was, but he saw him, you know, take two jab steps and come back. He, he knew it. I mean, it was uh, it was over before it started. Um, you know, going back to the whole team deal, let's, let's be honest. The last couple of years, we've let one loss become three. Now, we yeah. did let one loss become two. Yeah. Um, and you can say, well, what if, you know, what if we had Will? What if we had Flax and all that last week? But um we lost the game but we didn't let one loss become three and i in my mind that's a step i mean this yeah. is a game that in previous years uh we would have lost um but as beat up as we were you know without jones without flax really for the majority of the game with really not a hundred percent will levis uh, a lot of guys playing hurt which everybody is both sides you know both teams are i get that um, that was a big step for the program to actually pull that win out um, and do it in a fashion in, in which, yeah, obviously when he got that pick six, it, it closed the gap, but we answered immediately. Uh, we had some explosive plays on offense. You know, we had some, we had some great plays on defense. I mean, that pick that uh, Square had to, to end the game, was solid. That was an uncomfortable Will Rogers, a rush getting back there. 
I think it might have been Trevin Wallace on the rush that, that kind of got in there and rushed the throw. I mean, that's just it's huge not to let one become three like we have in the past. Yeah. And, and Stephen, I want to talk about the tale of two halves because it, it could be argued that first half <laughs> defense played their, played their guts out, right? I, I think the first half defined the two, 2022 season before the second half happened, right? Defense played lights out, playing their guts out, battling, battling, fighting, just, you know, playing extremely well at a high level, efficient, proficient, uh, just fundamental football. Offense, what, seven penalties? In three possessions, three or four possessions in across the 50-yard line and with three points for the game. And then special teams era. I thought, Stephen, the first half kind of summed up the season for Kentucky in a whole. Yeah, I mean, like uh, the whole first half, you know, was, again, the same offensive struggles, the, all the penalties, uh, same stuff that, that we've been seeing. I've really uh, – but to hold Mississippi State to three points. It's great. I mean, the defense, you can't, you can't say enough good things about them, really. Right. Exactly. And then the second half occurred. And I think this is where, you know, Jay spoke about the team grew on Saturday and the team improved on Saturday. I think we're looking at the second half and we're looking at the offense. And was the special teams. Matt Ruffalo misses his first field goal, hits the next two. You got to give that young man credit. Colin Goodfellow bounced back from a 35-yard average last week, averaged 42 yards per punt. Uh, so the, the third phase started kicking in there. And then the offense started helping. So the defense was its normal uh, dominant self in the second half, but finally got help from that offense, finally got help from that special team. So, And that had to add to the, the juice, the, motiva- the motivation from that defense. And they, and, you know, they gave up one long uh, scoring drive. Outside that, it was, it was shut down. I mean – Holding Mississippi State to 22 yards rushing, 2.2 yards per carry. They were averaging over 107 yards, Jay. And those two running backs, you know, I, I went back to that, what, 275 total yards with Rodriguez McLean compared to 95 with Johnson and Marks. That's significant. To me, that's the ball game, right? Yeah. And, and yeah. Jutan McLean's not going to get a lot of talk this week. It's a bye week and basketball started and, and things, you know, we're going to get away from football a little bit. But Juton McLean was 78 total yards quietly, in my opinion, was a big factor in that game. And to have him established as that number two, Cavassier Smoke came in and had some nice carries. So it's amazing how much better these running backs are, Jay, when that offensive line finds some continuity, communication, and rhythm, which they did in the second half. And, and yeah. how did they do that? It was an adjustment by the offensive coordinator, Rich Gangarello, Okay, we can't just line up and base and 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 block these guys. Let's bring in Josh Caddis. Let's bring in Keaton Upshaw. Let's bring in Jordan Dingle. Let's bring in Brendan Bates. All the tight ends. Let's go fourteen personnel. You know, yeah. whatever. But that worked and that helped. And and you know, Mississippi State was averaging over thirty-two minutes of possession time. Only had the football for 20 minutes because of that complimentary offense. That offense in the second half kept the football for thir- for a long time, 39 minutes for the game. 
So I always thought going into Saturday that this game was going to be about possessions. The first half, I thought Kentucky wasted possessions due to the penalties, uh, but the second half took advantage of it. Three red zone touchdowns. And the one stat that we have to talk about, Kentucky was 129th in the country, giving up 25 sacks going into Saturday. Mississippi State had 14 sacks going into the game. Kentucky allowed one quarterback sack on the night, Jay. One quarterback sack. That is a vast improvement against an attacking 3-3-5 stack defense that lives for uh, quarterback sacks and tackles for loss. Yeah, that defensive coordinator, he's he's uh, known he's good. for being – he is yeah. good. Yeah. He calls a great game. He's aggressive. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I just hats off again to, to Scangarello for, for going heavy personnel um, and, and putting his offensive line in a position to have success uh, based on the formations. Uh, but, hey, can we, can we talk for a second, uh, Freddie? I'd love to hear – your opinion on the, the the two throws that I think are just pro throws that Will had. One was that touchdown to Rashad yeah. uh, Lewis, and then also to to ice it with the McLean. I mean, yeah. how big how big time was that? He changed big level time. on the McLean throw. I yeah. mean, both of them. Wow. Yeah, Jay, that, you just described the difference between a passer and a thrower. I yeah. was a thrower. I mean, I could throw it. I could. I could bend your face mask. I could throw it so hard, right? But yeah. I wasn't a passer. I couldn't drop down the, the the angle. I could because of baseball, but not with the rush in my face. And that, I mean that that those two throws there, uh, you can add a zero to Will Levis' signing bonus yeah. with those two throws. And plus coming back after being injured, plus completing seventy four percent, plus perfect on third down. Kentucky flipped the script on Mississippi State, Stephen. Mississippi State had gone gone for it on fourth down 13 times coming into Saturday. That's second most in the SEC. Kentucky goes four for five on fourth down. And the only non-conversion was the pick six that we talked about, right? So uh, fourth down was big for Kentucky. And, again, you know, we talked about it all week on all my podcasts, all my writings, all that, possessions, possessions, possessions. Four fourth down conversions I, I thought was critical. Kentucky was also 40% on third down, six out of 15. 15 means there's a lot of third downs. So that means there's a lot of possession time. Keep that Mississippi State offense off the field. Mm -hmm. And they and Kentucky's offense actually helped the defense, really, for the first time this season, Jay, in my opinion. And, uh, you know, this it wasn't perfect. Listen, it was far from perfect. I mean, there's still flaws in this team. There's flaws in every team. But to gut out a 27-17 win like Kentucky did, uh, I, I thought was, was impressive because this season could have gone two ways on Saturday, right? You lose this yeah. game, it, it, it could have been, we're just we're just hoping for bowl eligibility here, you know? Yeah. I mean, and, it, it could have uh, turned yeah. into a 7-5, 6-6 yeah. year easily. Yeah. I, I was saying going in that so you I, lose I, this I game. I go back to this team. Go ahead, Jay. Right, go ahead. I was I'm saying, saying you're, you're, I, I go back. Right, go ahead. I was saying that if if you know looking at the, going into that game last night, I was thinking if you lose that game, you are staring six, six and six in the face. It kind of yeah. comes down to that Missouri game, but uh, it, football really is that the, the, the only true game of inches because there's so few games that you play 
I mean, you're talking about a, a half second against Ole Miss and maybe, you know, turf toe keeping you from what we're talking about a seven and O Kentucky team. Yeah. Um, that, and one thing I want to go back to Freddie was the, was how good Will Levis is at the quarterback sneak. I mean, yeah. is there, has there been anybody, uh, uh, is there any other play that you go to third and one, fourth and no, one? No, no. Uh, but with twenty four back there, you got you got another option. Uh, you know, you yeah. don't. You right now, game seven. Uh, Levis has gotten gotten hit a lot. So as many times you can take hits away from him, I would do that. But he, he's pretty much money on, on the quarterback sneak, and then we saw. Last night, that Chris Rodriguez had an explosive on one of those plays. Uh, you know, he you know he rolled for forty seven yards. That's the longest rush play of the year. Uh, and then and then you know with Levis, I mean, he is so good. And, and I, I don't think you know I don't think we take him for granted. But I, I don't think we surely as 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 a, as a whole, I don't know if we understand just how good he is. Uh, you know, he uses so many different receivers. Dikel Crowdus with. Arguably the most important catch of the game, the 50 yarder there, uh, that was critical, right? I mean, and then Dane Key, you just throw it at him. You're going to, he's going to catch it or there's going to be a flag because they don't understand how dangerous he is. Barry on Brown led the team with seven receptions. A lot of those were screens, um, but he, he can mix it up. But, you know, when, when Kentucky got a lead, you know, we, 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 we got to see how Kentucky can salt away a game, right? Uh, 24 back there. Let's do it. If we need to throw the ball football, you know, we can do that with play action pass. But uh, I think the story of the stories of the game to me were Will Levis is, is that guy, right? Chris Rodriguez is that guy. The offensive line took a step in a positive direction. And I'm very proud of them because they've been beaten up for seven weeks. I'm happy for them. The major story of the game and I can't, and, and I still can't get over how dominant that Kentucky defense was. I mean, that's one of the best defensive performances that I've seen in a long time, Jay, uh, because that Mississippi State offense was near the top in the country in, in, in a lot of categories. That was the hot team coming into this game. That was the uh, the team that nobody wanted to play because how they beat up on A&M and Arkansas in back-to-back weeks. And Kentucky pretty much shuts them down, Jay. And uh, again, <laughs> whatever Brad White makes, let's add, let, let's put some digits on it this morning because <laughs> I mean, I, I, I hope people understand and can appreciate how good Brad White is. Yeah, I, I think you're gonna, at the end of the season you're gonna look back at this game and you'll 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 see that this was probably the lowest output this Mississippi State offense is gonna have all year long. I think about against every other team they're gonna they're gonna have more success than they did against us. And and I you know this the growth of this defensive line, I'm starting to see that that explosion uh, from Rogers that that we knew we were going to yeah. see that he's got, you know, and, and I mean, on that goal line, I mean, he swam that center and just hit the guy in the backfield. I mean, but you're just, you're starting to see that explosion and, and Deion Walker, man. I mean, man, that guy to play the amount of snaps that he plays too, as big as he is as a true yeah. freshman is unbelievable. Um, I mean, he is in great shape. They're rotating guys in Ribka. I mean, they're, 
this defensive line has started to develop into what we thought they could be. It's taken a little time. Um, and, and with that defensive line, you let our linebackers run free. And, yeah. and you know, don't forget, I mean, I, I like, I like Derek, but you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to getting Jones back, especially from a pass coverage yeah. perspective. Um, you know, Derek Jackson's a little bit, not he's not quite as fast and as good a coverage backer as as Jones is, um, and so I'm excited about that. But then also, I mean, for Dekel Crowdis and and uh, Lewis uh, and and Magwood, those guys are stepping up. It, and you just think about that receiver room for the next few years; it's exciting. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I mean, <laughs> just imagine last year if uh, Wandale was out, what what that would have done to that Kentucky yeah. offense. And now this year, Tavion yeah. Robinson's out. And Magwood played really good. Uh, Lewis played good. Dekel Crowdis could have had the catch of the game or maybe arguably the play of the game. And so what, what about that throw on that on that pass? Yeah, on just, that, play? that was just a flick of the wrist. Okay. Uh, you know, a, a, a gentle flick of the wrist for 50 yards. <laughs> you know, the dude's got a cannon. <laughs> and he's got turf toe. And he's got a shoulder out of place. Yeah. You know, I mean – He's a stud, man. He's just a stud, and I love it, watching him play the game of football. You know, watching it on TV, just they, they had a lot of close-up of his face. You know, his eyes are just – I mean, I, I can see why these guys respond to him so much, and it's funny. You talked about Dollar Bill, Bill Ransdale. Yeah. I was thinking the same thing last night just because, I mean, the way, the way Will Levis steps into a huddle – uh, and the way his teammates respond to him just reminds me so much of Bill. Um, yeah. But I think, you know, there's there's some intangibles that Will has that that uh, Bill didn't have. Um, but it, it does remind me a lot of that. I mean, he's just – he's a great leader. Uh, he's got incredible command in the huddle and of the team. And, you know, when you listen to his uh, post-game interview with Kublik, uh, you can just see why. Uh, the guys love to play for him. Yeah, I mean, and with him. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he he reminded me a lot of Ransdale last night. There was a lot of the similar qualities, uh, intangible qualities between the two. And and if, and if you don't know who Bill Ransdale is, look him up. Uh, just a fan. He uh, he you know he was he was Tim Couch before Tim Couch, but. Uh, you know, there's been a lot of tough tough guys play at Kentucky, but there's been none tougher uh, than Bill Ransdale. Uh, bye week. This this bye week comes at a great time because Kentucky's beat up. Uh, got a lot of injuries. Got a lot of injuries that we don't know of. I mean, players with, with situations going on that just need treatment, Stephen, and I think this is a perfect bye week. You play seven in a row. Uh, you get, and finally, you, you get some time off to heal up, rest up. But the most important part of bye week, in my opinion, Stephen, is is self scouting, and that's when you took you you get an internal look at, at what your tendencies are and how you how you're calling plays, and you know are, are you showing tendencies in formations? Are you down and distance heavy on a certain call? Are you personnel group heavy? Uh, when you're on a hash or, or inside the 20, I mean, there's a lot of self-scouting that's going to go on. And I think teams can make a big jump between bye weeks. One, you get healed up. Two, you get to develop a lot of the players that aren't on the field. Keontae Goodwin, for example, will get a lot of work this week. 
players like that 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 haven't played a lot, they'll get heavy workload while you're while you're resting and, and you're rehabbing. You know, a lot of your starters. But but Jay, self scouting is is huge, man. I mean, and get a look and see what you do well, see what you don't do well, and and, and put all that together and, and get ready for the final run of the season. Yeah, I think this is when you'll see a big growth in Scangarello because um, because he's going to look back and 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 let's be honest, you know we we have had a lot of multiple screen uh, series or basically calling the same play a few times in the same series. And, and I think that's going to get, get better. And, and I think uh, I'm, I'm hopeful that you're also going to see some growth and some, some tight end play from a standpoint of actually receiving the ball that, you know, that Caddis kid, it's going to be interesting to watch him develop. Uh, He's got a nasty streak in him. I mean, he blocks extremely well, but my understanding is he's, he's a great receiver also. And in combination, him and Dingle and, and the rest of the crew, uh, I think we're going to see more out of that that position grouping, and you know, defensively, man, they're just going to continue to get better. Uh, they're going to heal up, and uh, I just and Brad, we trust. I mean, yeah, that guy is just an incredible defense coordinator. His mind is incredible. Yeah, giving Brad White a week to or now a couple weeks to prepare for Tennessee. Do you think he can? put together a plan that could slow down Hendon Hooker and, and the volunteers? I do. I, I have full faith that he can I, I slow him down. Go ahead, Jay. You're never – yeah, I said you're not going to stop Hendon Hooker in that offense. Um, but before last night, I would say that I, I, I was not real confident um, going into that game, going to the Tennessee game. Um, but after last night, uh, I tell you, my confidence level is a lot higher. Um, and I, I, just the way he called the game, you know, last year, again, we, we did, we rushed three, dropped eight, um, and they just picked us apart. They handed the ball off when we were, uh, rushed upfield and just got crucial yards with their legs. I just think there was a complete mind shift. Uh, yesterday and Brad White and how he was going to call that game. He was going to trust his defensive line and their ability to get some pressure on him. So he couldn't just sit back there and pick us apart. And going into Tennessee, they're going to have to do that. They're going to have to duplicate the effort they had tonight. They're going to have to tackle well in space, which they did last night. And they're going to have to get pressure on Hooker and keep him in the pocket. Our rush lanes have got to be really, really solid and not get out because the way he steps up and the way he moves, he's a smart, smart player. He's super accurate. Um, we're going to have to duplicate, you know, last night's effort and even then some. But yeah. we had some great off-ball pressures too, right? Some yeah. blitzes. That was, you know, just very timely. And rushing yeah. four sometimes instead of just having three, it, it's, it's a game changer. You know, I thought Kentucky was going to find their identity against South Carolina. That was before Will Levis got hurt. I thought the offense, Gangarello, you know, with his full complement of Rodriguez and Le- Levis and Flax, we you know, I was expecting this last week, so it's a week late. Uh, but I think Kentucky has found finally found an identity for this team and a winning formula for this team, and that it goes as follows. Average five yards per carry, 239 rush yards. Kentucky's got to be 
in the 200 mark, uh, I think, to have balance. Time of possession, 39-22 for Kentucky compared to 20-something for, for, for Mississippi State. So I think this offense, this offense is a ball control offense because of the, the pace of play. And with uh, with 24 back there and Levis being so good in play action. And I think uh, as long as you don't turn the football over, you had one yesterday, uh, last night. But this is a ball control, run the clock, long drive, sustained drives. This is Kentucky. I think the, the, the style of Kentucky uh, is is that of an NFL team. You know, you're not gonna you're not gonna see sixty something points like you do with the air raid up up tempo up tempo teams. You're gonna see a ball control team with with limited possessions because you want to possess the football, be at, be be uh, efficient on third down, forty to fifty percent on third down, uh, go for it on fourth if you can, and and convert those to keep the football. I think that was a key last night was third and fourth down. Uh, Kentucky was 50% on third and fourth down combines. And I think that was a, a winning formula for this team and, and play and play better special teams and, and have that defense that plays lights out. So Kentucky, can, the, the, the winning style, the winning formula for this team is that of an NFL uh, team, right? I mean, control the ball. Uh, I mean, just have, you got a quarterback that can get it downfield fit it in the tight windows and a running back's going to get you those yards, keep the football, keep the other offense off the field. That, 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 that will be the formula against Tennessee because you're not going to, you're not going to stop Hendon Hooker. You're not going to stop that offense. You could slow it down some, but you're not going to stop them. They're, they're too good for that. They are. And I think, I think Josh Heupel might be the best play caller in college football. Um, He's certainly he's incredible at creating mismatches. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I don't know if you watched the game yesterday. He put that Ricky Hyde in a stack wide yeah. receiver position and forced the safety to take him time and time again. That safety just can't cover him. So yeah, you know, we're we're, we're not going to stop him. But if we can play similarly to what we did this past weekend, because I think that's the that's. That's going to be the key. Get a little pressure on him. Keep him in the pocket. Uh, tackle in space extremely well. Cover on the back end. Um, you know, and I, I think we can slow him down. And I, and I think we can have success on them, both both running the ball, but also throwing the ball. I, I think our receivers. You know, they're they're susceptible, obviously, to uh, yeah. Their secondary, their back end's not great. And if we can get some big plays. But also, like you said, control the ball on offense, run the ball, take time off the clock, limit their possessions. You know, I think their average scoring drive yesterday was was less than two minutes. Um, you know, so they're <laughs> they're a quick hitter, right? If, if we can yeah, limit that, yeah. we can take one or two or three possessions away from them by just yeah. running the clock and getting long drives. We're going to have some success. You know, college football, Stephen, is different in 2022 than it ever has been before for this one reason, the transfer portal. And oh, to be more point. specific, the transfer portal at the quarterback position. Backup quality of backup quarterbacks has gone down due to the fact that quality backups are getting or are, are leaving and, and to be starters. Bo Allen, classic classic example. 
lighting it up at Tarleton State. How different would last Saturday have been with Bo Allen there, right? Oh, man. And, uh, I, and I 100% support. Yeah. I love Bo Allen. I've known Bo Good Allen point. since he's a baby. Bill, you know, just great friends. But, you know, backups move on. Tennessee is one hit away from Hendon Hooker not being there. And who are they going to throw out there, you know? So seasons can change so quickly right. in this era because backup, the quality of backup quarterback play has dropped significantly due to the transfer portal. So I'm not wishing injury on anybody. I, I, I love Hendon Hooker. I love watching him play the game of football. But just like Kentucky was with yeah. Will Levis, that's a different football team if Hendon Hooker, you know, jams a finger or something like Levis did, turf toe. So uh, things can change drastically within two weeks. Things can change drastically he with Saul Saturday so. night. In in in, in yeah. a half, right? The second half Kentucky team was nothing like that first half Kentucky team, especially on the offense and special teams. The defense stayed lights out, but it changes from from half to half. So uh, this is a new era, and it, it makes it hard to predict these games, but it also makes it a lot of fun. He he reminds me Hooker does so much of Josh Dobbs. They got yeah, you know, they're both cerebral players, great yeah. with their feet. Very accurate, um, you know. It's just really, really good. And I think you know you've talked about this in the past, but our coaching staff doesn't get enough credit for the adjustments they make at halftime. Yes. Um, I mean, we we if you if you look statistically, especially the last three to four years, um, what we've been in the first half versus the second half it is a totally different team. Yeah. And I mean, they just they they have done an incredible job of, of making adjustments, um, minor tweaks, what have you, uh, to really take advantage of their personnel and and uh, scheme, you know, against whatever they're facing. Yeah, and in the back half of, uh, of the schedule, too. I mean, Kentucky always does well after they self-scout and, and a bye week and, and get that done. All right, let's get some grades out as we get out of here. Steven, give me your grades for – Seven games through the season for offense, defense, and special teams. Ooh. Um, I guess I go with, with the offense. Uh, you know, they made plays when they needed to make plays. I'd, I'd say like a B minus for the offense. Uh, special teams, how many times – I think they missed a field goal in every SEC game so far this year. Um so, I mean, I think there you, you got to, I mean, kind of hard to, to give anything higher than a C there. Uh, there have been some explosive plays. You had, did have a, um, a kick return this year for the first time in the Mark Stoops era. And the defense, aside from South Carolina, has, has been excellent. Pitched their first shutout earlier this season. I know that was against Youngstown State, but still they played several of those teams in the past and didn't, didn't blank them. Yeah. So I think the, the defense, Brad White's defense, uh, deserves an A. I mean, they were the kind of the sole reason they won that Florida game. I mean, yeah. not the sole reason, but they were. I mean, there was basically two touchdowns that the defense uh, contributed. Yeah, Jay. So I'll start with special teams, but but I gotta. <laughs> oh, I think Jay. I, can you hear me? Yeah, go ahead, bro. I, I said I, I'm gonna start with special teams, and and with Barry on. And his return game, that brings him up to a D plus, C minus for me. Um, I just feel like 
everything but our return game has just not been consistent. And, you know, Coach Claiborne always preached win the third phase and, and you're probably going to win more games than, than, than you would have if you didn't. Um, and we just hadn't won the third phase really the whole season. Uh, with defense, I'm, I'm going A. Um, we threw in a clunker last week. That's going to happen. Um, I think they were pretty banged up. I think they were tired. It's been a long stretch, so I'll give them a little bit of a pass. So I'm going to say an A. And then offensively, I'm, I'm going B, B+. Plus. Um, I just think there's a lot more there. I, I'm excited to see how they're going to finish the season. I think their defensive or their offensive line is now, you know, they're no longer don't have experience. I think they're closing in on a, a good combination. Uh, 24's back, 7's back. And so I, I'm, I'm giving them a BB plus uh, yeah. offensively. Uh, defense for me, I'm going to go A. I think the defense has carried this team. The defense, have won, the defense has won uh, five games for this team. You had a bad quarter, bad half, that happens. But a defense, solid, solid A. I'm talking like a 98.7% A, right? You got to flunk the final to get a B kind of A. <laughs> Offense, I'm going to give a C, uh, C minus. C minus. And I know that's a tough grade uh, because you didn't have 24. You got 24, didn't have seven. But the pre-snap penalties, uh, lack of efficiency in the red zone, uh, things of that nature, uh, I, I think it's a C, a C minus. But you just got a you just got a ninety on your last test, and that thing could go up to a B pretty fast if they continue to grow. Special teams, I'm going to go C minus as well uh, because it's just been error after error. I mean, last night, you know, my goal for the game was no catastrophic errors, but Two penalties on a punt return for a touchdown, that could be considered a catastrophic error, right? Another missed yeah. field goal. And even the field goals and the PATs that were made, Chance Poor is having to dig the football out of the turf. Low snap. Yeah, I know. Low it's snap. Not, I, mean, I don't get it. It's just mistake after mistake after mistake. Uh, so, with the, with the offense, all the penalties, pre-snap penalties – just, uh, you know, didn't really – just underwhelmed for a while, I think, last night. Really got them a good grade. But I'm I'm, I'm going to go C-minus there and C-minus with the special teams. But I'm a tough grader. Uh, I mean, you know, I am. I just uh, – You are. I, it's just the way it is, Jay, you know. Uh, I'm one of those teachers that you don't want to have. <laughs> but, yeah. but, but, again, I, I go back to this defense. What would the record be if it wasn't for this defense? I mean, it, I mean, it saved it saved the season, and God bless them. I mean, how many pros are on the defense? I mean, it's not like, you know, this is not like uh, you've got nine, you know, eight nine pros on this defense right now for the draft, right? And right. Kentucky's right now number two in scoring defense in the SEC, number two in total defense in the SEC, top five in rushing and passing defense, and this is a norm. Brad White has, has produced – every year he's been the coordinator, he has produced top five SEC defenses with not a high, high number of draft picks. And, yeah. and I know every week people get tired of hearing me say, 
all these things about Barrett White, but I just, I, you know, I just want folks to understand how much, uh, how good uh, the the Kentucky def, how good that Kentucky defensive coaching staff is, and Barrett White is 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 quite the coordinator, and, and I hope Kentucky can keep him because after this year, Jay, I mean, you know what it's going to be like. I mean, LSU came after him. Uh, he, he's going to be highly sought sought after. I think he's a future head coach. There's no doubt. And to your point on uh, how many pros are on that defense, you know, it's uh, there's a there's a lot of really really good players, uh, but they're just playing good, solid team, team defense. Team defense. They're carrying out their assignments and trusting their teammates, and you know, none of them are trying to make the crazy. Uh, incredible play and taking a chance. They're just they're just trusting each other that they're going to carry out each other's assignment and you know stepping into their own assignment and taking care of what they've got in front of them and that's it. And they just yeah. The, the, the what happens is you're seeing the result of that. They, yeah, it's they're solid across every position. Yeah, and Stephen, you're way too young to to understand this. The Kentucky defense this year reminds me of those, not not schematically, not stylistically, yeah. but reminds me of those Terry Strzok wide tackle six defenses that Jay yeah. played on. Uh, not a lot of pros on on the field, but everybody was at the right place at the right time, doing the right thing with the right intention. And yeah. there's something that can be said about team defense and talent. Talent will get you so so uh, so far, but understanding the community and I think the communication on this defense is tremendous. Whether it be in the back side of the back end with Ty Asian, Jordan Lovett, you know, then you got DeAndre Square directing traffic up there. Carrington Valentine's a veteran. Those two outside linebackers, uh, Wright and and Weaver, and then the true freshman, <laughs> Deion Walker. Uh, listen, uh, enjoy him for the next two years. That's, that's all I got to say because he's gone yeah. after two years. He, he's out of here. So, but but Jay, it reminds me a lot of those those wide tackle six defenses that were very very good back when you played. I mean, just just not fun to play against. Yeah, I, I always enjoyed listening to the uh, offensive guys, the team we played against, and they hate, they hated playing against us. Yeah. Um, and you know, it was that bend, but it was that bend, but don't break. Um, tight down. will get, when they get to the red zone or close to it. And it was just, it was a Simon football. Uh, everybody was solid across, um, you know, and I think people don't talk enough about this secondary. Everybody was talking about yeah. that how bad we're going to be and we you know we, we got guys coming in from the transfer portal and to to kind of give you know brad white a little more credit but also the db coach you know to get them to jail as fast as they did and pull together as a unit you know with transfer guys coming in it's impressive yeah I mean, this secondary has really stepped up they've really stepped up yeah and uh klw belts uh ryan lemon got his Saturday, remember to call and uh, say depth chart and tell them we sent you and it's free shipping. And also the Country Music Hall of Fame induction is coming up. The Kentucky Music Hall of Fame induction is coming up on Friday, October the 26th. 
at Renfro Valley for tickets. Go to RenfroValley.com or call. I can't read. I don't have my glasses on. Go to RenfroValley.com. Final thoughts, gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> final thoughts. Give me your final thoughts, Stephen, on the uh, 27-17 win, Kentucky over Mississippi State. Huge bounce back win. Uh, you know, it sets the stage for um, one of the biggest games in the Kentucky-Tennessee rivalry, at least in, in, in my lifetime. Um, it, 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 and getting that week off, I think it's huge, too, to win that game going into the bye week. I really feel like had they lost last night and having a bye week, you would see people start to lose interest a little bit and start to turn over to basketball season. So that was a huge win. Keep the interest uh, up in the fan base and and uh, going into that Tennessee game and going into this last half of the schedule, the last part of the schedule where you've got several marquee games. I mean, Kentucky's playing meaningful football games uh, going into uh, you know the Tennessee game and then into into November. So there's a big win. Jay. Yeah, I, I think it's a – it's just a big step in the program. We, we haven't had this bounce back win the last several seasons. We've, we've started well, but it just seemed like, you know, we got hurt, you know, we, we hung our heads a little bit, didn't come back and, and, and we used, usually lose three in a row. And uh, we just, that was a huge bounce back win. It was a great team win. I was glad to see, the offense step up. You talked about early in the season that we knew there was going to be games where the offense is going to have to step up and, 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 you know, take care of business for the defense. And, you know, but they both, when it mattered second half and obviously first half as well for the defense, um, they just, they stepped up and, and took care of business and got a great bounce back win. It set the rest of the season up, you know, for a lot of excitement um, going into a bye week, you know, it it always sucked not winning going into a bye week. That was a yeah. long two weeks. It yeah. changes the perspective. Yeah. Yeah, we lost Jay there. Uh, for me, um, for me, the mindset of the play. Yeah, uh, for me, Jay and Stephen. I think uh, I think the the second half of the Mississippi State game that win that was Mark Stoops. That's that that defines Mark Stoops and his stay at Kentucky. Play bad, put your head down, make some adjustments, go back to work, physically beat up your opponent on both sides of the football, win both sides of the line of scrimmage, run the football down the opponent's throat, and and win a football and win a game. The, the second half defines Mark Stoops' tenure at Kentucky. And one more thing about Will Levis before I get out of here. He has been hit a lot. That offensive line it, it made, it made, a, made some strides and played, played its best game of the year. But as a quarterback that gets hit a lot, there's two ways to look at it, two ways to react. And you can pretty much see that in the huddle and, like Jay mentioned, the, the facial expressions of the quarterback. The first reaction is to – Blame and, and complain, right? Blame the offensive line, complain, and have the old <clears throat> mad face, hands up, you know, uh, in the huddle to the sideline. Will Levis doesn't do that. The second way a quarterback can answer to getting hit in a lot in the, packet, in the pocket 
is to have that FU defense bring it on. And that's what Will Levis has. That's the attitude that he has. I mean, it, getting hit in the pocket, you'll never see him complain and throw the blame game around there. He's like, F you, bring it on. Let's, let's see what you got because I'm going to make you pay for that, right? So he is special in many ways. Great win for the Cats. I mean, really saved the season uh, in a lot of ways. The second half was, uh, was Mark Stoops football in a, in a nutshell. Uh, that's why he's the all-time winning his coach at Kentucky. That's why he's so revered is because the Kentucky went back to the old Kentucky. Let, let's get in the fit. Let's get in the phone booth. Let's fist fight, and we're going to beat you up. And that's what Kentucky did yep. uh, against a very good football team in Mississippi State, uh, a, a top fifteen team, if I'm not mistaken, and physically just kicked their tails on both sides of the football. Thank you all very much for listening to the Depth Chart Podcast. We hope you like, subscribe, and do everything else on the the YouTube thing that you're supposed to. Jay, travel safely to Nashville. Uh, I don't like that city, but uh, apparently your your nice daughter guys. does, and she's moving there. <laughs> Stephen, thank you for taking time yeah. on Sunday. Yeah. I know you're a busy man, and uh, you and I have done a lot of work to, work this weekend. We still got some work to do, so thanks for everything you do, Stephen. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It's been All fun. Right. See y'all next week, and I can finally watch football. Nice and I can I watch football. And I, I couldn't watch. I, I, I watched one play of the Steelers game after Kentucky lost last week, and I didn't watch another snap until the UK game. So I can finally watch it. I'm, I'm in a good mood this week. Go Cats, go Kroger, and get you a KLW belt. Thank you, Port Royal. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads Money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager. Only $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in 
West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York. 